Are you ready? I'm ready. I think I got that from like a Fast and Furious, the new Fast and Furious commercial or like advertising crap. Okay, today's episode is going to be a very special one in my heart because I very much like the show. But I think Nikhil, you sent me a message yesterday saying, uh, I forget, what, what, what did you say exactly? It was one of the shows you had to force yourself to finish, right? Yeah, it was the only anime I've ever had to force myself to finish. I normally don't, like, like, I'm very good at, like, stopping if I don't like something. Or, like, especially when it comes to anime and stuff. Like, if I don't like it or I'm not interested, I'll just stop watching. Or I'll take a break. Um, Yosuke was a show that I literally had, like, knowing that we hadn't finished this episode and knowing that I wanted to finish it and I was committed I was like, bro, it's like 10 episodes. I, I should just finish it. So I, I, I forced myself to finish it. And there's a lot of reasons behind that, but I think I'll let Francisco start. And then I'll get into why I had to kind of force myself to finish it, even though I think it's a very beautiful show. Okay. So uh, a bit of history of Kyoso Giga, right? It started off as an ONA, which is kind of like an OVA, but it's like, it's just some kind of commercial stuff. So back in 2011, Rie Matsumoto, uh, which is a very pretty well-known um, director in the anime industry, it's the other thing that they took care of was, uh, I believe, Blood Black, Blood, uh, Blood Black K4K, something like that. And she she's big on this whole like theme of family and the reason why I really much enjoyed Kills of Giga, because it, it came out to, during 2013, so it was competing with stuff like Attack on Titan and stuff like that. 2013 being the when the actual enemy came out, and the OVA came out before that, like 2011 and whatnot. But um, hopefully you didn't make the mistake that I did, um, Nikhil, because I watched the OVA first, and it provides a lot of spoilers for the entire series. And also, a lot of the characters are, just have kind of different personalities. I mean, like, regardless, I, I thought it was really cool. It was interesting. Like you said, it's stupidly beautiful and really pretty. It's an, an original from Toei Animation. Toei usually doesn't make any anything good, in my opinion, so that's pretty cool. I say nothing good, but I mean, like, they have stuff like Dragon Ball and, like, you know, One Piece, but those are usually like cash cow stuff. What I'm trying to say is like toys more like in the line of like business models. Like you know, um, they make a lot of money in different in different uh, industries. Like for example, toys, or action figures, whatever. Um, anime is just something they do on the side for like you know. You usually like they're doing audiences like you know the kid demographic or whatnot. So it's very unique that they actually got around to making um, an original like Osu Giga. Um, I have a lot of vibes similar to like FLCO in which a lot of things like are very just out of out there. The characters are very expressive um, and nothing makes a lot of sense until you like sit down and try to think about it. But I, I was re I was just I was rewatching most of it. And I think the first episode one through seven is just like on point everything that i that i really enjoy in, in like a show and i think it's like fantastic television so but I'm, I'm like super curious because i get the idea or i get the impression that you don't very like it kiosugiga has like small fan base right and a lot of people like watch it like really really like kiosugiga like i'm one of the few but um it's also not very well known but it is really freaking pretty so i'm very curious on like your opinions on it nikhil i guess we can like go through some of the characters uh uh well i can talk about that i I really want to know like what like what about it was interesting what about it was good what about it was like throwing you off and whatnot okay 
So I think when I texted you earlier this last week, I said um, I said two things. I said one, Kelsey was a show that I was like, it was, it's the only anime that I think I forced myself to like finish, like forced myself to finish. It was hard. And then the second thing was it was an anime that simultaneously made a lot of sense and made no sense. Now I say that for a lot of reasons. So for I want to preface by saying this. I want I want to preface by talking about the pauses before I get into why like some of my problems with it. Uh, so I think overall as a show, the concept is really cool. I think the concept is one unique. I've never really seen a lot of anime like it. I think there's a few, um, that are pretty similar, but like in terms of like what I was kind of expecting going into the, into the show, I just did not expect that. So for that reason, I will say that the anime was very unique in that regard, but also the animation was just straight up gorgeous. It reminded me of, um... A very popular, actually, seasonal anime that came out kind of recently, uh, Hands Off Isaacin, I believe, is how you... It's like Isaacin something, something. But um, very similar animation vibes. So I actually really dug it, because that in animation, that show is absolutely gorgeous. And that show is really good, by the way. Just small plug. But, uh, but and I know you like the opening a lot. Easy, breezy. But that's a, that's a whole other thing. Not. I also like the openings for Kiyosugiga and the ending for Kiyosugiga. I really like the ending, but I like rock in general. So yeah, the opening for Kiyosugiga is really good. I so I think the animation is gorgeous. I think they really killed the animation there, and it it, it was both very nostalgic and also like very like it, it felt very good for the time time period. Um, twenty like you said, twenty thirteen, and I really dug that. I really I really enjoyed that. Uh, there was a lot of anime that like the types of animations that were kind of similar to me when i saw that like great pretender i got like huge great pretender vibes in terms of like animation style and like the color palette they used i think was very bright and very like colorful and i really enjoyed that very very similar to the great pretender very similar to like um quite a few other shows actually uh um hands off isaacin um i'm trying to think of more but there's definitely more flcl Oh, okay. So, like, for sure, like, it's really pretty, and I think it's similar to. Don't tell me. Wonderland. I mean, Wonder Egg Priority is one of the one that pops up to mind, but I'm also thinking of another one that was. Uh... Actually, I don't think it's very similar to Wonder Egg. I think Wonder Egg, the 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 drawings and the lines, and the the way the characters are animated, are a lot more softer. Like, I don't know how to put this, but the edge, like, the edges are not prominent. In this show, all the characters' edges are so prominent. Which is why I think it's very specific to certain. Um, the animation just reminds me a lot of like anime, like I've watched kind of recently, and some older ones too. And it just they're just not coming to my head. But um, like FLCL is an excellent example. And there's a there's another one I was thinking of that I don't know why it's not coming to me, but it will eventually. Uh-huh, I'll probably remember it tomorrow. But regardless of all of that, I really like the animation. I thought it was really pretty. I'm a big I'm a big fan of that kind of animation. I, I'm a, more 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 than just the animation. I'm actually a very very big fan of like very like high color palettes used in animation. That's very specific, but I just I love that. So I really appreciated that in the show. I think I know what what kind of vibes you're getting. Do you know about Studio Trigger? I think so. You have to list what they've done. So like Kill a Kill. Oh uh, yes, Kill a Kill Soul Eater. That's right. Um, well. They didn't do Soul Eater, but like they, the animation reminds me of Soul Eater as well. But that's a that's a whole another thing. But uh, Kill a yeah, Kill okay, is right. a big one. Uh, yeah, but like it's that like there's a there's some type of animation there that I, I do enjoy to some extent. So 
regardless of all that, I think it's a very pretty anime. I really enjoyed that. Now, dissecting the characters and the story real quick of, like, what I enjoyed. Uh, the first few episodes I actually really liked. I liked the first five episodes a lot. After that, I wasn't really feeling it. I'll go into detail why. And then I think each of the characters were, were well-written in the first three episodes. I think the first few episodes, I enjoyed each of the characters a lot. And then after that, I started to enjoy them less and less as the show went on. Uh, and it's not really because of the characters. I actually would categorize it because of the plot and the lack of, like, and the lack of, like, understanding that the audience has towards these characters because there's a lot of holes that the show attempts to fill up in the last three episodes eight nine and ten that don't really work well and like when you watch the show these are these are spoilers um as usual spoiler warning uh if you haven't watched the show please do um don't let what i say perturb your experience I still think that everyone should watch the show. If we're doing a podcast episode on it, that means, like, we think that it's a good show. Like, it's worth watching. So I think the show is worth watching. So if you haven't already watched it, please pause the video, go watch it, and then come back. If you just want to know our opinions, and please stay. Like, we, we'd love to have you. Moving on from that. And this is getting into why I had some troubles with it. And this is why, like, I had to force myself to watch it. So... Barring the first three episodes, which I think were really good, I think that the the characters were really flesh, well fleshed out. The family dynamic was really prominent, which I enjoyed. And, like, the whole relationship between the dad and the mom, uh, Koto and uh, Mioe, I think is how they said his name, Mioe? Yeah, the priest Mioe, which, yeah. Yeah, and then they're, they're, they're the kid that they adopted, and then the two other kids, uh... That was a really that was a really sweet relationship. Like you really like that. And like by episode two and three, when spoiler warning, but the father and mother leave and then the kids are become like the three head honchos, basically, or the protectors or rulers of this world that they've that um Koto and Mioe or Mioe created. And I, like that was cool. But then the reason I say after episode three it got really weird was because then um so Koto Miyoe's daughter, Koto again, uh, her name was Koto, she comes into this world, into this glass world, and then she starts like kind of like, like, you know, um, trying to figure out like, who, who's my mom? Like her dad like pretty much sent her here. So she's like, yo, who's my mom? Like, I want to know who she is. Like, what's happening? The minute she comes in, like things started to become like, okay, like I don't know where this is going. And then by episode three, I was just straight confused. After episode three, I just did not know what was happening. Everything was just, like, very, very quick. And I don't mind the quickness, but the lack of explanation really, really got to me after some point. And then the problem was 8, 9, and 10, those three specific episodes, it felt very, like, different from the rest of the show. And 8, 9, and 10, I felt like they were, like, trying to rush an explanation that honestly, if they had taken another like few episodes, like three, four episodes, or two episodes, honestly, for that matter, and made it a 12 episode series or a 14 episode series, they would have had time to explain everything like throughout the show instead of rushing it at the end, like what they did. And I had a lot of problems with that. Um, one thing personally for me that I don't like is when a show like attempts to rush itself towards the end and then they butcher the ending really badly. 
I like it when they like slowly start building up the like building the world throughout the show or building the this empathy or these feelings towards these characters throughout, which is why my favorite shows are stuff like March Comes in Like a Lion or Violet Evergarden, stuff like that. Because in each episode, you see like a, a type of growth, right? And you see like these characters like kind of develop into this world. And there's no like true antagonist in the sense that there is, but it's like their growth and their potential. And you see that as continuing in the show. And I think... um uh, for episodes we've done recently, like calling back to some older shows that we've done, um, I think shows like, uh, honestly, um, I'm, th- I'm trying to think of, uh, I'm trying to think of something I can mention here. Um, Drifters was actually an excellent example of that, where in each episode, like, it didn't really explain everything right off the bat, but each episode kind of like helped you understand the world a lot better. So in the ending of the first season, you were never really confused. You were like, okay, like there's still a lot left that you don't know about, but that didn't leave you being like, oh, like I don't really know what happened. Um, In this show, that's what it felt like to me, which bugged me a little bit. And that's like a personal thing for me. I just don't like shows that do that a lot. Um, Obviously, there are shows that do that and that I do like. So it's it's not that that isn't the case. The Great Pretender being one of them, even though the ending was absolutely atrocious, the entire like the up till then the show was really good. So it's it's not and it's very it follows suit in the fact that like, yeah, like they were the characters, like Baxter was kind of breaking down over time over the seasons, but there were still a lot of characters we didn't know until the very end, and then the ending was really rushed and could have been better. But that's a whole other thing for another time, or <laughs> you can watch a Great Pretender episode for that one honestly, but. Barring that, that was one of the biggest problems or qualms I had with the show. Um, and that's why I said, like, for me, it was very hard and I had to force myself to watch it because I just wasn't enjoying it past, like, episode four or five. I was like, why am I watching this at this point? Um, so there was that. And then also, I think the characters were really well written, but Koto got on my nerves <laughs> really quickly. I love Koto, dude. She's one of my favorite characters. I actually love... My favorite character, one of my favorite characters is the uh, daughter, the demon daughter. I think she's a really, really, really good character. I really wish they explored her more because I remember there was, there was one, there was one part in one episode. I, I, this is my, I think this is the part I'll remember from the show where Kota walks into the room and she sees like the daughter, like as a demon. She's like, and then she just starts screaming and she's like yelling in her room with the, like the covers over her and she's just screaming. And I'm like, that's really powerful, man. Like there's a lot to that. And like, that was episode four. Episode four, yeah. And then you see that like, like her interaction with her mom also, I think is really sweet. And like, she's a really interesting character. And like, I really wish they would have explored her more because I really liked her character. I actually enjoyed watching all her scenes. Um, I think the most. Her, her name is Yase, by the way. Yase. Uh, but that's besides the point. Um, yeah, I don't know. Koto just got to me after after like episode like I think six, like five or six. Like I just I was like, okay, I I'm I'm kind of done. <laughs> like I think she's a good I think she's a good character. I just wasn't really vibing with her. So it's like the whole Rika situation for Made in Abyss. <laughs> I may I maybe I just don't vibe with the character, bro. Like I. I I'm sure she's fine. I'm sure like people like her. Like you clearly do, and that's not it's not a jab or anything. I just for me was not vibing with her character. 
uh, it's very not common to find like female leads like Oto. I really much like her. I am I'm really fucking biased when it comes to like these father daughter kind of relationships situations. Mm-hmm. But, like and then the entire premise of just like a dysfunctional family because there's three people and like I grew up with a lot like a good amount of siblings and I can see like all the different mistakes and um like issues that they have with one another it's just it really puts things into perspective and the entire premise itself is just we take like gods right and then we just show them show how their family is oh yo i actually want to mention that actually i really like the inclusion of like the whole god aspect um it, it, it made for a very philosophical kind of like like think thinking kind of thing right like the, with the whole thing of the boda vista and all that that was really cool. There's a lot of Shinto Buddha stuff going into this show. There's so many references. It's insane. Yeah, I really like that. I really enjoyed that, actually. I explored it more so than a lot of, I think, other Japanese media that I've consumed. So I enjoyed it. Yeah, it's very welled in into the entire show that like people like me and you, we can't really appreciate it, but we can see that this is 100% a unique show, without a doubt. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And like, as someone who's like, as someone who's like a huge philosophy like person, I just I, fun fact I do love philosophy and um, I've been dabbling a lot in religious philosophy as of late and reading all these different like religious texts um, and Buddhism and Zen Buddhism is on my it's on my list for the next stuff I want to read. Um, I really did it. I I did enjoy that. I thought it was a really cool addition and I really appreciated it. It's really interesting because that whole like God aspect is something that like the father has a. Like one of the issues with the old man is that he doesn't understand his role and to the point that he just thinks, okay, if I'm a god, then I should just act like, you know, it was really, it's a, it's a weird show because this goes into the end of episode 10. And I also agree with you, episode 8 through 10 are difficult to watch because the show yeah. feels like it's something just not the same. And the, and I, and the reason I had a, when I was watching it the first time, I thought this show went. The show was fantastic for episodes one through seven, in my opinion. And something else that helped me with that, like judgment, was because as Koto, a character, I loved her because she she was exactly what was necessary for the other three to just move out of their comfort zone and like to deal with their trauma. Because all three of those have like abandonment issues, Koto included, which is weird because in perspective, they probably spent. Like, you know, the family themselves probably spent like millennia together, but they were just children, right? It's another show that something else, is, another theme that's really strong about the show is this notion of nostalgia and how dangerous it can be, but how like, how beautiful it is at the end of the day, because they're all pretty much still kids. At the end of episode one, I can still remember how like insecure Mio was, Priest Mio, like the um, youngest brother, the adopted son, or like effectively, they're, they're still all family, but like when Koto came in there, he felt like, intimidated by her by this 14 year old daughter kid who he didn't know was like her sibling he kind of had like some some notion that maybe she's related to them but like when he was when she was asking like who are you he got really insecure and like reached for this for the beads that his dad left him and it's just it says a lot about like because he's a grown-ass man he's like he's like a like a like 180 centimeters pretty tall fellow fine build but like still a kid at heart and it's crazy to see all these like three kids and oh something else did you notice that whenever they were having a council of three it's in a cradle yes yeah so it's just they never got out of the cradle and then uh a lot of a lot of things go into the show but i love i love kodo and the role that they play for being such an assertive character and like knowing who they are and like that that comes from the fact that they had a good parent 
pretty much growing up. We just, I don't know, the, the father and daughter, she's like, she 100% wants to meet her mother because the dad says, I love your mother and I hope one day you meet her. And she's going into this weird, like, hero's journey. And then she learns that she has a family and, like, this whole notion of, like, trying to get them to come back together. It's the youngest that ends up coming, bringing them back together. And I love the title of, like, episode two. It's like, what came was a little sister. And I don't know. There's a lot of things about the show that I really like. And it's weird to describe it because it's really artsy going into it. I love Coda, which is probably why I still enjoy the episodes from episode one through seven. Something else that they do is, like, in addition to episode one and, and like, you know, the introduction of the series a bit. Episode two showing you who Kodo is. The, and then the other episode showing you, like, the issues of the siblings. Like, for example, the daughter, she wants to see her mother back. Um, the older brother wants to just, you know, get out of the cradle and, like, enter the adult world pretty much. Or just, like, move away from his parents' guidance and, and make their own name for themselves. And then the... Um, the Mio, Mio wants to see the, his dad, right? Pretty much. Yeah, but, like... That that part was kind of unclear to me. Like, yes, but also, um, man, that's actually I want to talk about this episode really badly. Um, what episode? Do you remember the episode? And this is why I say like I, I think so. But there's also the episode of like where he talks to Kodo and he was like, "When all this is done and when I find my mother, I want you to kill me." That yeah. episode hit so hard. That was. I was one of my favorite scenes too, like the fucking imagery too, like them just hanging out as siblings, having a one to one. Like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not even joking when I say this. The only reason I continued watching that show was because of that, like literally that interaction. I thought it was that it's, good. It was one. I cried. Like I remember it was a couple of scenes, and I think that was a really freaking powerful scene for sure. I it was insane, and like I watched that, and I was like, whoa. Like I'm really hoping the rest of the show is gonna be like this, and it wasn't. But yeah, but they that, they that, loved it for sure. That that one scene, bro, that it was so good. Like I, oh my god. But whatever, we'll 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 get into it because I have like a lot to say about that. Yeah, the director has like the, I still I keep the director for Rie Matsumoto, I believe is what they're yes, called. Yes, Matsumoto. Yeah, they have. I I want to keep looking for the stuff that they do, man. Like she's really she's she has something to say. Kiyosuke was definitely like her own, like you know kid but I, I feel like they still have more to contribute and i'm just i really i really hope that i that they produce something else because i want to i want to see like the full development of like what they have to offer because i feel like kyoso giggle was good and like those three episodes i they could have definitely helped a lot from having two more episodes to explain a bit because something else that's really unique about the show is there's a lot of word building that goes into it but like mm. real matsumoto wants to focus 100 on the family aspect Mm-hmm. And that like that led to some like conflicts. I feel like I will, I'll never know for sure what happened from episode eight to ten. It was out of place, and the only reason I felt like it got back track was remember the scene when the older brother told the youngest brothers like, "Hey, quit your shit. Let's go talk to our parents." <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that that scene brought the show, in my opinion, back to where it was meant to be because it got all over the place until like. Once again, it was like a simple dialogue, and it, it's really reminiscent of just like sibling quarrels in general, and like when mm-hmm. stuff like this happens, and like what the role of the older brother and then the younger brother, him, him admitting that we were just drawing, but you're like you're genuinely, it's weird because he says this even though it doesn't necessarily believe it because, like you said, they're made drawings, right? So in a way that they don't fit the family. Mm-hmm. 
So they feel like they're not going to always be there, but it's like an insecurity of the of Yase and um, the Budo, the Buddha person. But he's also the older brother, so he knew he, he knows what his younger brother needs at that moment. And he knows yeah. that everything was made for him effectively, right? For his life, because the youngest brother lost his family and then the, and then Mioe and Koto, his parents found him, brought him back in on a whim, pretty much just brought him back to life and made him play this rovo kid for their for their happiness. And eventually it became a reality to them. So this brother that was made from the drawing knows that effectively I exist for your purpose, but I know that you don't see it the same way. And I know that my dad doesn't see it the same way. It's just something that I have to come to terms that I'm a drawing, but I know that you need to get out of your comfort zone right now and like address what is happening outside, which is pretty much just like a big issue with the mom, dad, and they're pretty much having a domestic. Mm-hmm. It's just an over over exaggerated domestic. I feel like I feel like the show transitions from a family drama in the first few episodes to a story of each of the characters trying to find themselves, which I really appreciated. But at the same time, I really wish they could have tied in more of the family drama aspect. Because I would have actually liked to see them grow together. And while I did, it felt very individualistic at times. And I was bummed about that, to be honest. Um, especially with, like, uh, Mioe. Mioe's, like, character stuff. Um, that's why I liked, I think, what was it? The, that, that episode where he was like, I want you to kill me. That was, like, the fifth or sixth episode, right? That was the fifth episode, yeah. Episode five and six deal with Mioe. Episode three deals with the oldest brother. Episode four is with Yase. But, yeah, episode yeah. five, the ending of episode five is freaking insane. And then the yeah. ending song plays, oh, it's crazy. Yeah, but I do wish that they um, went more into that. But, I mean, obviously... With 10 episodes, there's, like, really not much content you can get to. Not as much content. But um, episode 5 really was... It, was... it was the reason I continued watching the show. So, like, in my opinion, I think episode 5 is nuts. I think it's a it's a beautiful episode. And, like, if the show continued on that trajectory of, like, basically the momentum of episode 5, it would have been insane. It would have been it would have been an episode show, but yeah. it didn't. Yeah, definitely episodes 10, 8 through 10 issues. I mean, we uh, eventually, I guess we can talk a bit more about the dad and I. Oh, wait, maybe the grandfather. <laughs> what do you think about the grandfather? Dude, I don't even remember anything about the grandfather. What the heck? So, the grandfather is effectively like the one true god of the un- entire universe. Oh, I yeah. Guess. Like, well, he, they, they said, the, they said he's the Bona Vista, right? Uh, I don't remember the things that, i don't well, know regardless exactly... he gave he gave the but the the black rabbit life and that's how she okay whatever she was basically princess kaguya okay uh but um i i think so i think so at least when i saw the show yeah it, a lot of influence from princess kaguya pretty much the mom is princess kaguya yeah so the dad is like literally god <laughs> like god with a capital g yeah it's weird right because there's or... a grandpa and he had two kids right the shrine, the head of the shrine priest. If you remember the the original like fox, the fox so, face I'm, dude. I'm sorry. The grandfather is like God with a capital G. Um, yeah. His kid is a is one of the creators, so he's like a sub god. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, it's, a, it's like the whole family, like with the whole deity, whatever deal is. Yeah. The, the theology of the universe. But yeah, so he it's weird because he gave his son. A conflicting role, which is the god of creation and the god of destruction, right? 
Yeah. And he didn't know what to do with himself because he was having. So the son being of God would be Big G, is the parent of the main kids, right? So that. So that guy, he's having like this whole conflicting of like, what is my role in life, right? Because his dad gave him like, you're both a creator god and a god of destruction. But he was like, but no one wants me to destroy anything. And whenever I create anything, people hate it. So mm-hmm. what do you want me to do? Yeah. So he went throughout a lot of life just not understanding like what he should do. Eventually he found happiness with the rabbit. Uh, with the rabbit he drew, which came, which was Kodo, pre- pretty much Princess Kaguya, and he was happy for a couple of years. But even then, like the entire universe, pretty much told him, "Your happiness is invalid. You can't have this family. It's a, it's a threat to like the order of things." So he ran away, and eventually that was also a problem because Princess Kaguya needed to return the body that she loaned, or she borrowed. Kodo needed to return the body. Right. So nothing was working out for the guy. <laughs> it's so sad. It is very sad. And then at the end, he thought, you know what? Fine, I'll do something. I'll, I'll fulfill my role, dad, right? Because he thinks that his dad is asking him for something. But not really understanding his dad's, like, intentions, right? And so he, he gets two kids. So Mioi, which is, like, the, the brother, right? It was, like, the adopted brother or whatever. He gives him the ability to create things, like the creation beads, which he never uses because he thinks he's, he, you know, he's... It's not ready not for this responsibility. Yeah, yeah, something like that, yeah. I'm pretty sure it was like he was not worthy, though. Yeah, for sure. Also gets the destruction part of the entire ability. Yeah, she does. She goes crazy. Yeah, and then he thinks, okay, I'm just going to play the role of a god, quote-unquote, a god, as it's traditionally like seen in people's eyes, because he just wants to feel like he's doing something with his life, like fulfilling a role, because whenever he tried to do anything with life, people rejected that. So in the end, he was trying to like just just be someone. I guess it's difficult to say, but he was going through a bit a bit of turmoil because people rejected his family, people rejected him just living a normal life, and there was nothing going on for him. So he thought, fine, screw it, I'll do exactly as my title my title says. I'm the god of destruction and creation. I give it to my two kids, and they can take care of it. Like a whole like mm-hmm. actual theology kind of like the Book of Genesis situation. Yeah. That's why I think there's a lot of like religious philosophy to some extent in this show, which I really like. Um, yeah, especially as someone who's like really learning more about it right now, like it was really interesting to me to see that um, mm-hmm. and the way that the the grandfather and the father kind of interacted there too. Yeah, the grandfather kind of just yeeted and said, "All right, I'm done." After he made <laughs> everything. That is very true. Yeah, the grandfather is cute because. Something else that's uh, unique of the show. Remember when he was showing that he can like transform to anyone? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he can like take people's shape, so he can like fit in and then see what's happening with his family. Because effectively, they're his grandkids, so he just he also looks after them in a way. I think he might have also been the black rabbit that um Koto saw, and he took. So pretty much, remember when she episode three was like, "I have a secret." When she saw that her dad was crying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she was chasing the black rabbit everywhere. Yeah, that was pretty. I think that was the grandfather because Koto was stuck in the moon. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's it's probably likely. Yeah, one hundred percent. And <laughs> it's so it's like a, it was one of those situations where like the grandfather was like, "I didn't have you, so you could do something for me. I just had you, so I could do something for you." Mm-hmm. And like the dad, it's another situation where the dad didn't understand what his dad wanted him to do, right? And he felt like he wasn't fulfilling, like his roles as son 
I think that's another prominent theme within the within the uh, show as well. The idea of like fulfill not just fulfilling the rules, but trying to find their place in the universe, you know. Which is something we're all trying to do. Yeah, for sure. Another theme that when you bring that up, it's like as you grow older, you you learn who your parents are in a way, and mm-hmm. how they're not completely perfect people, especially with <laughs> the other three who deal with like abandonment issues. So these they have these like romanticist versions of their parents. And they deal with nostalgia, so they, it's it's really awkward for them when they meet their parents when they're a lot older, and they can converse with them as equals. Yeah, because then they don't know what to do. Yeah, they're just stuck there thinking, I want to go back to how things were before, but obviously that's not how time works. Yeah. You, yeah, you grow older and you develop a different relationship with your parents, and that's kind of what's happening right now. But they're still your parents at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. You have to understand that your old man might cry too. Like that's Koto's secret was that I know that my man cries, which is, I found that really deep because like when I learned that my old man cried and like I was, I, I felt like a connection with Koto there. Mm-hmm. And I think episode three was, yeah, episode two or something. Like I have a secret, we have a secret. Everyone keeps secrets from one another, but it's not mm-hmm. like they're trying to hurt us for the secrets. Yeah. I like that a lot. Koto's character. Oh my god, I love Koto's voice actress because she's the same person who, she's the same person who voiced um Kagura, Kaguya, no Kagura, mm-hmm. Kagura, Kagura from um what called, from um Kintama. Oh really? Yeah, they're really famous. She also voiced Taiga from um Toradora. What? Yeah. Seriously? Yep. What? That's crazy. I did not know that. I did not know that. That's why she sounded so familiar. Okay, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Riku Kujimiya. She's mm-hmm. a fantastic. So. Oh. I think for now, that's like, top of my head, that's like what I have to say about this. I mean, I, I love the show a lot. I think it's fantastic. Episode 8 through 10, I have to agree, you really <laughs> loved it. I, I'd say, honestly, like genuinely... It's like watch the first eight episodes and then like you don't have to watch like nine or ten. Just genuinely you don't. Like unless unless you really want to know what's gonna happen, I see no real point in watching nine or ten. Yeah, there's only like two scenes in that in those episodes. I think the last one where like Koto breaks through the fucking physical wall and goes to her dad with like her siblings, right? And the mom is there just comforting, you know, the love of her life. Saying that I forget. It was a good line that Koto had with um, with their dad. Well, the, the mom and when a good conversation with the mom and dad, something about like the kids growing up and how you don't mm-hmm. have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's something else. They have it's not. They don't have a toxic relationship like the parents. They don't, and I think that's they really don't. sweet. I yeah. I don't know. I just I just don't. I just did not like it in higher ten, bro. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like, don't, they were they were hard to watch. They were, the director was having a difficult time. I feel. Yeah, it's a. I feel like this show specifically is a very hard show to close because like it's very emotionally packed, and there was just that's why I said if this show had more episodes, it would have been really good. It just needed a little more, and in my opinion, at least. Yeah. Uh, that's part of the production. I also feel like a bit more work. But who knows, man, right? It was an ONA first. People loved the freaking concept of it, right? It was like all over the place. They loved they yeah. loved that kind of stuff. It had like this whole studio trigger 
Spotify is going for it. Um, FLCO situation. I, I like the art's fantastic. Opening the ending is great. Is so good. The music's sick. Epis- the ending of episode five is freaking crazy. Okay, for like episode five was like just nuts. Like, I I mean yes, okay, the ending is crazy, but actually what I loved the most about that episode were like three moments, or two moments actually. The one where um, Mioe is like in the field with Koto, and then like the realization when he realizes that they're siblings, and like it keeps flashing to like two different points, right? Like when they're at the thing, but then it, and then he sees them as like a sibling, and like a blank, like it's a blank space behind them, and then it keeps flashing between these two moments. That was, that was such a good scene. I love that. And then one of my favorite scenes, I think, is when like you see him burning, and then he, when he said like the the favor I want you to do is like to kill me. I think that was just so powerful and so beautiful. And like it for me, it hit it hit hard. I was like, what the heck? Like I I was like I remember I was eating at the time. I literally had to like stop eating to be like what what, and I rewatched it. Um, and I was like, what? And then at first I was confused. And then I rewatched it and I was like, wow, this is just absolutely nuts. Just like yeah. the amount of power. Like, and then you have to consider like everything that happened to Mioe in episodes four and five. And then you see like why he asked, asked for that. And it's just. Yeah, because really he's, he's, he has a bowered life because he, he, he yeah. did die. Yeah. And like he knows one. He doesn't really deserve. Like, I don't know if, it's, if, he, if he deserves to live or not. I think he's. That doesn't matter. But two. But main. The main point is. The people he really truly did. Like the people he loved. Right. The people who cared about the most. His parents. They passed away, and like he couldn't do anything to save them. And it, it still haunts him to this day. No way. They passed away. They pretty much abandoned him. But. Well, they they did. They they quite literally died. I forgot about those <laughs> biological parents. I remember yeah. now. And he saw that. He he was he witnessed that in the burning house, and he was like, "Yo, what?" And he couldn't do anything to save them, and that's why he was crying outside. And he was he saw all these people die, and he couldn't do anything, right? And so then when his parents abandoned him, that just like that increases that level of like trauma, right? And now you're yeah. constantly thinking of these abandon, not just abandon abandonment stuff, but you're like, "Wow, like, I would." If it were me, I'd be in an insanely dark place. And, like, it kind of shows in episode five, and it didn't shy away from that. Very prominent, I think, point about, like, mental health and stuff. I thought that was really beautiful. I really liked it. Um, What's also interesting is that he can't kill himself. <laughs> he, he quite literally cannot. He, he's tried multiple times. He cannot. Yeah, he's that. a... Because he got deified by, well, by his dad. <laughs> yeah. So he's like His dad a, gave him a part of himself. Yeah, so he's he's basically a demigod now for any of you Percy Jackson fans. <laughs> yeah, look at that. A lot of um yeah, a lot of god religious stuff going into this. Um I guess another thing that we can mention the shrine stuff, the two like that like other fucking side of the shrine stuff is pretty important. I didn't really understand it, but it's pretty important. And I agree. It's weird. It it wasn't it's important for the universe stuff, but it wasn't important for the family drama. It was not, yeah. I feel like you can watch the show for like two different things, you know. Like, you can watch it for the family drama, and then you can watch it to understand what's happening. <laughs> and, like, but doing both is so hard. It's so difficult. Yeah. I have to, yeah, I have to think about it. Uh, the guy who runs the shrine is the uncle. That's so the brother of the other guy. Yeah. What was really funny was that when they when the shrine people complained to the head guy, which was the uncle of the family, right? 
Um, he said, oh, okay, I'll do something about it. And next thing, the next scene is him throwing a fucking letter at his brother saying, your family's making a lot of noise, dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the relationship between the siblings I think is pretty on point in my opinion mm-hmm. uh, I have a like I have like this I feel like this show you gain a lot if you have siblings yourself that is something that I unfortunately don't have I'm an only child so yeah. for me it's very different um, yeah. and I'm sure I, I, I feel like that's why like shows like Violet Evergarden, March Comes in Like a Lion, and stuff like that hits a lot harder for me because I can relate to the characters way more, specifically w- with what they've been through. Especially March Comes in Like a Lion, bro. Like that show hits. Literally, is one of those shows that just hits so 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 hard for me. So or yeah. one of those anime, um, because of his experiences and what he's been through, and I've been through a lot of the same stuff. So like, it's 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 it's. It's something that, like, that's why I think for Kyoso Giga specifically, it's, it was harder for me to relate to. and But I could see why it's so good. It just was harder for me to relate to as a whole. I get that. Yeah. The childhood aspect when it comes to siblings, it's a really, it's an entirely different experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's weird. We we spend, like, such a minuscule amount of our time in childhood, but, like, a majority of the time that we think we, like, think about nostalgia and whatever comes from that fucking time it's like something about that that section of our life is just really haunting for just humanity in general oh yeah yeah poor stuff i think that's enough for the for this episode i think what well, you everyone pretty much knows that I, it's one of my favorite episodes of my time <laughs> keo thank you for watching I, I really appreciate you putting in the effort yeah dude of course i i, I okay like as much as i think like as much as it was hard for me to watch, I am so happy I watched it. I learned a lot. And at the end of the day, like, I really can't ask for more. I'm happy with it. Yeah, but for I think for the summer, we're going to try to watch some more obscure anime in general that to, just to bring some, like, attention to them. Yeah, so, dude. I am, okay. So I have, like, a personal list of a lot of stuff I want to watch. Um, but one of the things, and one of the um, podcast episodes, and I'm saying this now, because in the future we'll be doing an I I'm ninety percent sure we'll be doing an episode on this, and I know Francisco will say yes to this. I really want to do an episode of Monster, and so eventually I will. Like I'm I'm going to be watching it here pretty soon. I'm hoping. Um, I've been reading a lot of webtoons, so that's been taking up a lot of my time. But like, I will. I definitely want to do an episode on that. I th- it looks so good. I want to watch it, but it's just it's difficult to find a place to watch it. But I think I'm just gonna bite the bullet and just watch it on my PC in a legal site, quote unquote. <laughs> oh, Sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do. I I was considering reading it, but I think because it's, I mean it's animated by Madhouse, right? Yeah. So it's gonna be good. And and I I would I'd imagine so. Yeah. Yeah. We say obscure, but like I think Monsters Unique in that. People who are in the no-no of like anime in general and like know what's good, good, know that Monster is one of those that are just up there. But for mm-hmm. sure, for folks like who are newer, who might be like starting out to watch like anime as a medium in general, might not be familiar with Monster and like the author behind Monster, who is a complete genius, one of the best <laughs> yeah. in the industry. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think it'll be a good another one to just watch because that's definitely one of the ones that I've been holding off on. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm looking forward to it. I'm also probably gonna watch another one. I I need to watch one of like Nikhil's, like one of the shows he really likes. So I'm debating between like Violet Evergarden or March Comes in Like a Lion. 
Um. Okay, my frank opinion is you should watch March. March comes in like a line because I think that was one of the only anime I've ever like. With a certain well, it's an anime that like I literally like I was very close to just breaking down and crying for like 10, 15 minutes straight because it was just it. I had tears in a lot of it. I never cried, but there were a lot of moments where I was very close to just like just bawling. It was very impactful for me as a show. Yeah, I'll I'll watch it then. I I want to watch something next week. I would recommend it. I'm also gonna read that webtoon that you keep talking about. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. So like, as as I mentioned before, uh, <laughs> towards the end of the episode, I uh, I started reading. I've been reading a lot more webtoons recently. So a webtoon I, re- I read or I caught up to recently was called Jungle Juice. Uh, pretty cool. It's about like bugs and insects and stuff, and it's about like these, um, people who get insect powers and it, it seems weird at first like okay like whatever but it's actually kind of dope i i enjoy it i think it's fun i'm also reading this other webtoon right now it's like a cross between one punch man and soul leveling it's not like that good it's just really funny and so i'm enjoying it i think it's fun um what's webtoon called uh i have it on my computer which is in the hall so i cannot get it but I can look it up really quickly for you. Give me a quick second. I've also been reading some stuff recently. I guess like now that we're closer to the, to the end of the episode, we can probably just mention what we're watching reading. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, overall, I should I should get my thoughts on it before I close. Kyosegiga. I think that for me, it was a very tough watch. I think for everyone, it's going to be very different. I will say, though, that episode five was so good that I would recommend at least watching until episode five and then figuring out if you want to continue watching it or not, definitely give it a shot. I think it'll surprise a lot of people in terms of like the type of show it is and how it's kind of like, like, I don't want to say different, but interesting. And I think that factor of it will make it really worth watching. Episodes eight, nine, and 10, I don't know if I'd recommend to be honest, but Episodes one through seven, I definitely would recommend. I think episode five specifically was just so good to me. And episode like one through five were all pretty solid. I really only enjoyed episodes one through three and then five. <laughs> not that much for episode four. Not as much. You know what's weird? Six. Episode four is about Yasin. The uh, I know assistant. it is, but like, I just I that's what I'm saying. I think no offense, but I think she they did her so much injustice, and she's such a good character. Whatever. That's a whole. That's a whole side tangent. I whatever she's a fantastic character she's honestly one of my favorites i really wish they went more into her i love Noe too i think Noe and yasa are my favorites but that's a different story for another time um actually well they did her injustice and that's to, that's to be expected within a 10 episode show where they cannot focus on every character right however i will say though that I think the first five episodes are worth watching, and after that, I think everyone should make their own judgment whether they want to continue or not. I would, I personally would not be mad if you stopped after episode seven. I would, I would be like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, and so, overall, the show is decent. Like for me, it wasn't a show that I would be like, wow, it's like one of the best shows I've ever watched. But it definitely wasn't bad. Like it, it was, it it was an interesting show, and I'll give it that. Um, I don't know if I'd watch it again, to be honest, but I would recommend 
the watch if you are interested in religious philosophy and very, very, very good animation or a story about family. I think it hits all those three really well. So if you're interested in any of those, recommend Another it. show that I share sympathy with, like, watch episode one through six because they're great, is Flip Flappers. Anyone knows that? I don't <laughs> know another, that show. It's another show that people do not know about. Really? I think it's it's another one that's also really fucking pretty. Like, as pretty as this one. Mm-hmm. And they just flex. Maybe we can make a, give it a watch, but that one's also difficult to watch after episode six. <laughs> so, yeah. And I think it's 12 episodes too. So they kind of, I really feel like they flub it. Some people think it's all right, but I don't know. It's great. It's a good. It's another, another one that I want to mention because I was from, it reminds me a lot of this one. What else mm-hmm. have you seen then? Now that you gave your final closing thoughts on Kyoso Giga. Um, so I've been reading the webtoon. Uh, I'm trying to find it. And for some reason I cannot find it. And it's kind of annoying, but it is, uh, it's an original ongoing, uh, when did it come out? Uh, oh, a webtoon I'm actually going to be reading kind of soon. It's called Weak Hero. I'm actually very excited for that one. It looks Hero? really good. Weak Hero. Oh, Weak Hero. Yeah, that does sound familiar. It's about it's a, so I've been I've been really interested in watching that one or reading that one. I'm sorry. So like I'm yes. gonna read that pretty soon. Um, another one I really 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 want to read is actually a webtoon called Dice. Um, oh, dude, I read that one. Please, that one's gonna hurt. Damn. Wait, is it bad? I enjoyed it. I it's it's old. It's old. I just I, love the premise because they yes, the idea yes, yes. of like everything like kind of being dictated by a roll of a die. That's so sick. It's very fucking like metaphysical D twenty kind of dungeon and t- tabletop RPG situation. I actually like that. Okay, well, I mean, okay, like I, I like words, it too because so. of that. So I that's why I read it. But then it just oh, you if you read it, you understand what happens. Okay, it's on my reading list. It's 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 like on my webtoon reading list. So I will maybe get to it then. Yeah. Um, there was another one. Um, it was about uh, going into the underworld or something. It was actually really weird. I think it's horror though, which is why like I was kind of against like I'm not a huge horror person personally. So I was like, ah, should I watch it? Is it worth it? Uh, it's over the sea. Uh, I forgot what it was called, which kind of sucks. <laughs> but uh. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't remember. Unfortunately, I'm sorry. But um, that was also something I've been considering reading. I'm obviously reading Soul Leveling and Unordinary. I feel like that's kind of a given at this point. Um, but yeah, I've been really getting into webtoons recently. Honestly, uh, webtoons are, are cool, man. They're fun, and I like they're them. A, they're an entirely different medium from like manga anime and it's really interesting like people from south korea yeah because most of them are from some south korea so it's like it's really cool what they like bring to the table because it's yeah it's, it's an eastern media right but it's slightly yeah. different than we're used to because like, me and you we're americans right so we get all this <laughs> uh we get the bad but we also get the good that comes with the west but interesting enough the east also has some really good it, it goes back to like how different cultures different philosophy right and we can see it within the media that they're right oh yeah that's for sure um i'm also watching all the seasonal stuff and um i will be watched there's a lot of anime that are on my list so i just finished kyosaki fairly recently um so i'm looking for other stuff right now but 
I, I'm kind of just taking it as it goes. I have a long time. Uh, I recently graduated. And so I'm kind of just vibing right now. I'm in the weird lull of like finishing undergrad and then also like going to work. So I have a lot of free time right now. So I'm just trying to take it like one day at a time. So I've been like looking around our our slash anime and a few other like stuff and trying to figure out what I want to read or what I want to watch. Um, I'm definitely gonna rewatch Steins Gate. I'm gonna because I've gotten so much flack for that show in the last like two months. You saw it already, didn't you? Like, I did. I didn't like it, and so like people got really mad at me. So I'm like, okay, maybe it's been like five years since I've watched it though. So I'm like, okay, you know what? Maybe I'll give it a shot again. Maybe I'll give it a shot again. Steins Gate is so hard for me to watch the first couple of episodes. Of- and that's why I didn't like it. But it's, I'm sure that maybe this time it'll be different. Damn, they really bullied you to watch it again. They really did. Um, <laughs> and then obviously anime is that we're going to do for the podcast. But also I have some personal stuff that I want to finish and get done. Some shows from K-On. Or K-On is one of them. Some shows from Kill Annie. I want to finish some of the Kill Annie anime. And Kaon is one of them. I love music anime. That's like one of my music anime is art is like one of my I think guilty pleasures. I just I absolutely love it. It is so fun. It's just so fun. I don't know. I, I just love music. I'm a big music person. I grew up in a music family. I listen to music almost 24-7 every day. So like music anime is just like it, it hits for me. It's like it's good. I really enjoy it. So it's it's one of my guilty pleasures. I'm really excited for Kaon. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I plan to watch a lot of stuff this summer, so we're going to have a lot to talk about, so I'm excited. Yeah, it's going to be sick. I'll also do my part to um, watch a good, good amount of stuff, because I am a lot slower at watching things than Nikhil is. The only difference <laughs> between me and him is that I started with this anime and just like Eastern media in general a lot sooner, because my old man liked anime. So I just have years ahead of him, but he's pretty much, you're pretty much caught up to everything I know, in my opinion. I... Don't think I've watched as much as you, but I think, yeah, I don't think I've watched as much as you yet. But you probably know about the things I've seen. Like cause... I know about them, but I don't. Yeah. I, I haven't watched them. Oh yeah, I guess I can mention what I'm reading, and the recent the recent One Piece chapters, by the way, they've been amazing. Oh Let's my god, the new One Piece chapter! Oh my god. I... Yeah, there's 30 good. <laughs> I uh, there were the spoilers came out for Sunday's chapter that I was going to read tonight, and I totally forgot. So I'll be reading it after. One Piece is great. I love One Piece. Big big fan. But another one that I was reading is this one called Nink Yu Tensei, which is about an isekai where a, a yakuza mobster, a top yakuza mobster from like the 1980s kind of fashion situation dies and gets reincarnated into the body of a princess that was passing away. So she died and then he took her pretty much and she she got body got healed because of goddess. So it's really interesting seeing Yakuza. The art's freaking phenomenal by the way. So it's mm-hmm. really interesting seeing a Yakuza bring a bunch of like the, the notion that they have going into like the underworld dealings by why so having a like a heart of gold deal with all of these like fantasy elements and how they go about dealing with stuff which usually mm-hmm. like ends up being i'm punching really hard because you're being a dumbass that's <laughs> <laughs> that's that's interesting in its own way but that's the most recent one that i read uh, I'm, I'm i'm currently i'm reading dan dadan which is mm-hmm. a newly published jump um series it's being written by an assistant of the guy who was in charge of chain man 
Oh, interesting. Yeah, that's an upcoming one. You might not like okay. it because the first episode, the first chapter, already it has the main lead, the main female lead, almost like sexually assaulted. So I was like heavy oh. stuff. Oh no! <laughs> it's like already kind of a killjoy, especially if it's been thrown out in episode one. You're thinking, mm, I wonder how far deep you're gonna take this. It's been eight eight episodes since that chapter. None of that stuff. None of none of that has like, none of that, like, great really dark space has happened. Uh, yeah. It's got a good following, but um, you know, we'll see what happens. We'll see if it like mm-hmm. is up there because people are already saying like this is good stuff. It has that that Chainsaw Man vibe going for it. So just to reiterate, it's uh, Dan Dadan, which is interesting. It's about sci-fi and supernatural elements. Okay, that's kind of interesting. Okay. You might hear about it in the future. Or if, mm-hmm. I don't know. People might be like, oh, this is really good. It might get some good traction. Okay. Oh. Already getting an English release in a couple, like in two months or something. Mm-hmm. Crazy hype. Well, I think that's it for us. That's the episode. Yeah, I got nothing else to say. Um, well, thanks for listening, as usual. Be sure to check us out on social media. We're trying to grow our following base, and definitely check us out on YouTube if you can as well. We'd really appreciate it. Take care, everyone. Bye.